Episode 72 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some wrestling. This past Saturday was the timeless classic that is the WWE Royal Rumble. Something that still makes the WWE relevant and fun. And there's like, hey, how can they mess this up? It's the Royal Rumble. Well... We're going to get into it, folks. I mean, there's a lot to cover. There's a lot to talk about. But some, in, in great WWE fashion, they kind of fucked it up. But we also have some AEW uh, uh, stories to cover. We just had a great match between Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara for the TNT TV title at last week's Beach Break, as well as a new appearance of a new wrestler that will be uh, now with AEW. And we also had a great match between Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy. So we got a lot to cover. We'll jump right into it. But first, let's get acclimated with the boys real quick. Over in Glendale, somebody who keeps it regal, Steve Grobschmidt. How are you, Grabby? F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S. Yes. <laughs> Diamonds on my neck. Yes, I'm fabulous. <laughs> you truly are. You truly are, Steve. And you're going with that Carmella intro. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, she's actually on Raw right now. I have it on because, you know, yeah, like the mask on. She's got her black yeah, face on. Yeah, great lovers think alike. Yeah, Charlie Blackface. Yeah, she's got like this new mask this that she's mask wearing. Looks, looks like it's blackface. Oh, yeah, no. For real. It's yeah. Creepy. And my girl puts it in, like, oh, damn, I didn't even think of it. Yeah, it's some kind of blackfacers. That'll put butts in seats. Oh, yeah, racism. We love it here at the WWE. It's just all bad. Anyway, let's move along. Go down to Bayview. Talk to somebody who keeps it freshly squeezed. My guy, Matt Michelson. What up, Matt? Hardcore country. <laughs> Steve's girl. Sorry, I know Charlie did it a couple oh, weeks ago. But I, I just had to. It's topical. And you know what? She just busted through the forbidden door. Oh, she had the belt on and everything. Oh, yeah. You know she's coming back. <laughs> yeah, she really uh she really boosted impact stock with her appearance as uh some listeners might not know we're talking about Mickey James. Uh she um entered the female Royal Rumble as she's an impact wrestler and champion right now. We'll get to that too. So, good good call there, Matt. Good to see you too, bro. All right, let's stay down in Bayview. Talk to my guy. Oh my god. It's Charlie Michael. What up, man? What's going on? I'm quite evil and quite, <laughs> well, I can't fuck it up. Very evil, very <laughs> nice. Very evil, very nice. <laughs> I love Charlie just being, too. Charlie pretending to be himself, pretending to be Dan House. <laughs> I should have bust, busted the tequila music out for his uh, little routine he does in the ring. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Tequila music? You know, so dun 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 dun. Oh, Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so weird. All these, all the stars are aligning tonight because I'm drinking tequila right now. So this is just great. Wow. Yeah, you gotta Google and see what he does and that when he does that, it's a whole breakdown in his matches. It's indie-rific. It's good though. They'll lose their mind if they'll lose their mind if he gets to do it in Chicago. Oh yeah. Well, quick little note, uh, Charlie's referencing Dan Housen. Am I pronouncing it right? Housen? Yep. Yep. So uh, we just saw him make his debut uh, in a match that we'll cover later on uh, in the episode. But uh, we're happy to see him in AEW. He's an indie star. He's really, really cool. I don't really know too much about him, but it sounds like a lot of people are excited. The boys on the show are excited to see him. So it should make some for some great entertainment. Speaking of great entertainment, I tuned into the Royal Rumble this weekend thinking I would maybe see a little good entertainment. Like I said at the top of the show, the Royal Rumble, it's just great. It's fun stuff. You see a lot of wrestlers come in. It's full of surprises. 
you know, how could it go wrong? Well, <laughs> it, it, it started off strong. I, I, I must say that. Um, it started off with Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns, current uh, champion. And um, they had a little feud going on about how uh, Seth is pissed off that Roman broke up the shield, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Roman comes out first, but then Seth appears in the stands and makes his way to the ring with the shield music, with the with the jacket on and everything. It was it was like, okay, it looks like they're trying. This is, this is going to be good. And you know what? The match was actually really good. That was like the first time that I saw a Roman Reigns match that I actually enjoyed seeing him wrestle. I can't remember the last time I could ever say that, if ever. I've never really been a big fan, but... um. Yeah, what did you guys think of the match overall, like, strength-wise? Anybody want to lead it off? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I thought it was an awesome match um, up until the finish, which we'll get to here in a second. Um, you know, when Roman first came out, I feel like Michael Cole did a really good job putting Roman over as one of the all-time great champions in WWE. And, I mean, you know, for any of us who have watched WWE for a few, the past few years, we all kind of probably laughed a little bit. Um but he was really convincing in how he said it to the point where it really got me excited for the match. And then we saw Seth Rollins come out in the shield gear and just super cool entrance, really set the tone for everything. The match itself was really well worked. Like these guys put on a great match um, again till the finish, which we'll get to in a second. Overall, um, I thought it was really good. I actually paid for Peacock to watch the Rumble, um, but before I did that like any smart wwe fan would do i actually made sure there's other shows on peacock i want to watch just in case the show ended up being crap which it did <laughs> below deck i highly recommend it yep also a good one um, steve what'd you think of the match yeah i mean i actually i didn't watch the entire pay-per-view but i did because of the because of the hype on the pre-finish <laughs> aspects of this match i did watch it or watch you know, most of it. And yeah, I mean, I'm beyond um, bored by both guys. Generally, it's like I'm not a, I've never I've never forgiven Seth Rollins for injuring both Finn Balor and um, Sting. But uh, and I just think he's in general overrated. But I thought, that, yeah, I mean, up until the finish, we keep teasing about it was really I mean, I, you know, four star match call it what you will but it was really good and compelling and kind of made me forget i was watching wwe for a while and then for sure. the finish <laughs> exactly charlie do you have anything more to add before we talk about this uh big letdown uh i had it on i was kind of watching i missed a lot of parts in it it seemed like it was okay you know i'm i mean yeah. I, it wasn't i don't focus that hard on a match when i know the outcome so it's, there's no surprises in the, you know, there was no doubt in my mind. If you read any kind of spoilers on anything, you knew that, you knew what was going to happen during the whole show. And I knew Rollins wasn't going to win. And I don't think he's that entertaining. And so I wasn't, I had it on and wasn't kind of, I was on my computer as well. So I trust everybody. Everybody says it was good. The parts I caught, they were pretty good, but it's, it's predictable, and I don't like predictable. I don't like when I can guess what's gonna when I can guess what's gonna happen. Well, the thing that impressed me was like it had a really good tempo and good pace for a for um, an opening match to a big pay per view. Lots of times, Roman matches. I mean, probably because he goes on last and the crowd's already exhausted, and he just works at such a slow pace. He said that he's either first on the show or he's last on the show. That's he's that he's nowhere else in the middle. I guess that yeah. was like a shoot, legit thing. So, makes sense. Like you said, he's either first or last. Yeah. Well, the crowd had energy, and it looked like the both wrestlers had good energy because, like, I just like I said, like the tempo. There was some good um, false finishes. I mean, yeah, I knew uh, Roman was gonna win, but they put on a good show. I I gotta give them that. They beat the shit out of each other, and then at the end, I think uh, Roman got. Uh, Seth, he caught him in a front face lock, or I think that's how you what what the move is, or whatever. But he was choking him out. Uh, Seth was reaching to the ropes. The ref actually lifted Seth's hand up, and uh, as it went down, it went on the ropes, which was kind of interesting, I guess. But then 
he Roman didn't let him go after the five counts, so they called the match. Seth Rollins wins by DQ. No title transfer when that happens. So the crowd is already left, and I was surprised how many people were at this Royal Rumble. I mean, we've seen yeah, you I know, know a lot of WWE matches now, Raws especially, pay per views. Attendance is low. I mean, I it, it surprised me, and then it didn't because it is the Royal Rumble. Like I said, it is like the one entertaining thing that is really good. Sorry, and it's the you. first Royal Rumble after the pandemic of like or mm-hmm. after like crowds. So I think. Yeah, to right. what you said, it's still got this little bit of a legacy of it's always, even, right. even if you don't watch the WWE, the Rumble's interesting. So I bet that yeah. pulled a lot of people in. For sure. So they had like 44,000 people on hand, and then they start off with a DQ finish right away. It's just like, <laughs> really? Like a raw finish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you built all this good momentum, this hype. They told a good story, and then that's what you go, and then... You know, if you guys want to share your feelings about uh, the ending of the match, I'll, I'll leave it open to you guys if anybody wants to add. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, kind of like I mentioned earlier, yeah, everything was great up until the ending. And, Mike, like you said, Roman gets the five count, gets disqualified, doesn't let go of the guillotine, and then he finally lets go of the guillotine, and then he's just standing in the ring with that smug look on his face that says, I'm a heel now, and the crowd's booing him. And, honestly, I think at that point, there's nothing he could have done to save that ending. I mean, we, after that, we saw him go out of the ring, grab a chair, and beat up Seth Rollins a little bit with a chair. But all that did was say, hey, this feud's going to continue. And, yep. you know, on, like, Monday Night yep. Raw or SmackDown or something like that, that's one thing. Like, that would have been a good match for TV. And I could have seen them using that to, you know, maybe build a match for a pay-per-view. But when you're going to put it on, you know, arguably one of your big four pay-per-views of the year. Certainly number two three yeah yeah like right up there at the top and give the fans a disqualification finish and not even one that was clever right like he just wouldn't let go of the hold um the guys at what culture always like to say he got disqualified for kicking too much ass and i think that's a good way to put it (laughs) um but even so like that really put a bad taste in my mouth and not a good idea for the first match of the show well, and where are they going with this feud? Because they've already, as we now fast forward to tonight when we're recording this, Brock Lesnar has challenged Roman Reigns for the um, title, presumably at WrestleMania. So it's like, you're, okay, they're already hamstringing this like Rollins thing, unless they're just planning on, okay, we get a taste and then they're going to go back to it later. I don't know, but it's just, it's weird. It, it's just like, if it makes it even feel more like a throwaway match. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Charlie, did you want anything to add or are you all good? Nope. Matt pretty much covered it. Their whole deal was to, um, to basically get set out of it without losing to set up the next premium event they're going to do at, for blood money in Saudi Arabia. And then I'm sure he'll lose there. And then where do you go from there? Uh, one more thing I was just going to add to this. I mean, I think from a booking perspective, like, you know, if you're thinking four months out and you know where this is headed, that's one thing. Like, if we knew this was going to end up with Rollins getting back at Roman and going over at WrestleMania, okay, maybe. But after years of watching WWE and just seeing their booking patterns and how they do things, it they aren't just generating heat from this match. It, it's, it, it's all go-away heat at this point. Like, anytime you see a DQ finish, it's just pushing people more and more into the I hate WWE category. I'd agree with that for sure. And, um, you know, it started strong and that finish just, you know, left, as you said, Matt, with a bad taste in your mouth. And pretty much the show just kind of went off the rails from there. Um, We saw the women's Royal Rumble match take place. uh, 30 participants with a very thin current female roster. Um, And they really went through the Rolodex to find uh, these entries to round out a 30-woman 30, 30 roster and pretty much scraped the bottom of the barrel, in my opinion. Um, very, very sloppy um, all-around women's Royal Rumble. I mean... God, I mean, what I mean, what do we even say? I mean, you brought they brought back people that have been retired for, I mean, a good majority, probably like 70% of those people well, that were in the match were probably retired, right? 
And yeah, and part of them, and it's not even like, oh, cool. You know, I'm not saying anybody in the world would say this, but it's like, oh, I haven't seen Kelly Kelly in a while. They bring this, like when they do these pay-per-views or they did like the revolution or the evolution, whatever it was, that pay-per-view that was all women, like right. they bring the same legends out every time. So it's not even like it's a novelty anymore. It's like Kelly Kelly, not this time, but usually they bring out Tori, uh, Molly Holly, Lita, mm. Uh, Trish Stratish, not this time. Uh, Mickey James, you know, this time it was a little different, but still same deal. It's like the same handful of legends they bring back for every special event. And each time it means less and less and less. And like in the case of Kelly Kelly, she wasn't like she wasn't good to begin with. I mean, that was that era where it was all eye candy and I mean, she could barely wrestle. And then, um, yeah, also. the the women's royal rumble is still kind of new to the royal rumble pay-per-view too right which is and a, a royal rumble is so great because it elevates you know you see a lot of wrestlers and they can get their shit in like they have you know a good minute and a half two minutes before the next participant comes out and it, they're supposed to elevate new talent so people can get their eyes on them and get to like them why would you put in people that are retired that have nowhere to go after this it's well, really basically because they haven't because they haven't made any stars they haven't put exactly right. that's, you know that's well, going to be their problem and future. even worse even worse they started off with a with a legend returning in melina who is active she's actually not retired she's in mm-hmm. the nwa and stuff and oh is she they actually spent the money to bring her in there just to job her out in seconds right away. Yeah. To Sasha Banks. It's like, why did you even like, why didn't you just put Dana Brooke in that case? Like, why did you bring Melina back just to job her out in three seconds? That's like, what does that even do for anybody? Yeah. When you Sandy- have do drop wrestling Becky Lynch later, like that's like a do drop spot, you know? Right. Too. I don't even know who do drop is, but I would. Yeah. <laughs> Piper Niven. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Charlie. I cut you off there. No, I just said Piper Niven. That's who Dude Drops. Yeah, she, name well, should, that's, that's who her name should be. But you not know, the WWE. Stupid, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's actually a good wrestler, but they've yeah, yeah. Ruined, they've ruined her character. But uh yeah, no, yeah, back just, to the pay-per-view. It's just or back to the uh rumble. It's just yeah, there was no rhyme or reason to any of it. It wasn't like anything mattered. It was just, oh, we're gonna throw this legend in. Um, we're going to throw this person in it's yeah. It, I don't know. I, um, yeah, I guess I'll turn it over to you guys. Cause I got nothing on this one. It's not yeah, good. I, it was, it, I mean, you kind of summed it up right there, Steve. I mean, it, the wrestling in particular, I think throughout the entire women's Royal rumble match was just painful to watch. There were several moments where, you know, the, the countdown would get to maybe 10 seconds before the next entrant would come in and you would see, just looked like a bunch of people like fake swinging punches at each other like if a bunch of kids decided to make an action movie it would that's how this would have looked um the now the few redeeming things i do want to call out there were some good moments in this match but i mean overall as a whole yeah it it didn't really do anything for me but there were a few moments um the biggest one for me was i so admittedly i haven't watched raw smackdown any of that in a long time now sonya deville as a heel I'm kind of a fan of, I I think of all the women in this match, she did the best job telling a story. She comes out, sits down on commentary, has this whole thing where she doesn't take her jacket off till she's ready to wrestle, which, you know, stupid, stupid, basic, whatever, but it's something. And then we see her and this feud with Naomi start to materialize in the match. She eliminates Naomi. They're still fighting on the outside. Sonya Deville, she's really dialed into this character. Um, And Naomi had this look on her face as they were fighting outside the ring that just looked totally believable as far as like, yeah, I will destroy you. Um, so if they do continue with that storyline between Sonya Deville and Naomi, um, it's, I think it's the one good, it's shockingly continuous bit of storytelling that WWE's done in quite a while. So that was one thing. Yeah. Uh, another bit that, uh, the crowd really went nuts for was Molly Holly came out and I, I can't remember if it was number 27, 28. She was one of the last few entrants. And right as she got to the end of the ramp, Nikki A.S.H. spears her and just starts beating the crap out of her. And the crowd goes crazy for it. Um, Just because the crowd's obviously a huge fan of Molly Holly. I feel like she's become one of those legends you can expect to see in the Rumble every year. And for Nikki A.S.H. to have tackled her was almost like sacrilege. So the crowd goes crazy. Um, 
interesting spot kind of makes sense if you think about it molly holly's like this sort of superhero nikki as ash is a superhero so you have two superheroes duking it out kind of interesting um the one other thing that did happen in this match that i do want to call out um i don't know if you guys watched a lot of wwe in the attitude era but when ivory came out in her right to censor gimmick and started cutting oh. fun at everyone in the ring annoying as hell back in the day I think at this point it's it's so nostalgic at least for me that it was kind of fun to see i did love how rhea ripley literally picked her up set her and on the other side talking. of the ropes and pushed her off the apron and she continued cutting a promo the entire time fun even fact, when she was in rhea ripley's arms she was still talking that made me laugh i was like that was the most entertaining part of the female women's royal rumble right there you, with guys, her. you guys know how old she is yeah i was, I was just, just gonna to say, say that go ahead yeah no go, go ahead She's yeah. 60. Yeah. Oh, really? I guessed. Yeah, and she yeah. still got it. And you know what? She she she's kind of I mean, what I remember her from, she was in glow. I mean, mm-hmm. oh wow. They talk about continuity, you know, like she's like like one of the last like connectors to some interesting things from the past, but she was uh I think Tina Ferrari or something in glow, but it's just I don't know. Like she is yeah. Like I, I'm a big fan of hers. Still looking good for her age. Yeah. Her voice was the only thing that gave it away. I think. Yeah. She's a real Jane Seymour. As the <laughs> young kids say, she can get it. Oh yeah. <laughs> real, <laughs> real Jane Seymour. That's great. Oh, oh yeah. She's she a real can. Betty White in her prime. Yeah. <laughs> also, did you guys think it was kind of weird that they didn't bring in any female NXT? Uh, people in for the Romans Royal Rumble. Have, have you watched NXT women? I don't know. No, I haven't. I haven't watched once. But where was Mandy Rose? Yeah, but that's actually a good. That's actually a good point. When they're like bringing in Melina to you know get knocked out for like three seconds and stuff, you got, well, you got yeah, you got Mandy Rose. You got what's her name, Raquel and then Gonzalez. She's got two two yeah. of those her henchmen. Yeah, yeah, three. I mean, There's that other chick with the no ass. Forget her yeah. name. Gonzalez. No, I Ga- mean Gonzalez. Um, what's the one chick? She has a crazy Dakota Kai. Hair. Yeah, Dakota Kai, the chick with no yeah, ass. Yeah, the, I mean they've yeah. been they've been they've been slugging it out for years in NXT. Why not give them a little bit? They paid probably really good money to have Kelly Kelly, who sucks at wrestling, even when she was in her prime, come back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, why, yeah. why not give one of the people that I can actually wrestle? Yep. They had to play for the flight, the hotel. Yeah, yeah, you know all that I stuff don't get to bring it. her well, in. Yeah. And again, like the Royal Rumble is supposed to elevate mid-card people. And why not, you know, save some money? I think that's a great... all about profits. That's a great thing. Like I sat there and wondered about with both Rumbles, but we're, since we're talking about the women's, who got elevated from this? <laughs> uh, yeah. Because I mean, uh, we, know, we know who won and didn't need elevation but it's like okay that's the one to want put the winner maybe, aside who else came out Liv of this morgan? Look- maybe Liv morgan they're saying like she's the future and stuff but it's not but like she, they've been she, saying that forever yeah exactly and to be they're fair there was elevated. nothing in this match that told us that either i mean there was moments where mm-hmm. we saw sarah logan come back and but they didn't really capitalize on the two together not at all no i mean we had maybe two seconds of nostalgia and then the bella twins of all people were the ones oh. them. so fucking bella twins i don't know man it's i think the bella twins maybe got the most shine in this match but even then it's yeah, like, don't need it. not the ones <laughs> that come to mind when right. i look back on this match well and, and it's then just... of all people Sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, I just my one point is that it's like that's the I think Charlie brought this up earlier, but it's the it's the current problem with the WWE and the lack of future stars is it doesn't even seem like they care. It's like when you give when you give it to Rousey, when you have a big moment with with the Bellas, when um, Lita comes out, it's like those wrestlers should be used to put over the next stars but yep. they use them as just like shit we need some names in there yeah we need some pop yeah and i mean speaking of people not caring the person that did come out and get the biggest pop and who's talked probably the most shit about wrestling is ronda rousey they bring her back after she just had her baby they're trying they're dressing her in black so obviously they're trying to do a heel run with her um and the final two, lo and behold, in the ring was Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. 
great. Wow. Exciting. Uh, and Charlotte, I mean, they didn't even really wrestle when they were in there. Charlotte missed with a, with a, you know, a high boot to the face and, uh, Ronda put her over the ropes. Boom. Ronda Rousey wins the Royal Rumble. Didn't even, you know, pay any dues, barely had her, probably didn't even have a cup of coffee and, um, got into the, the headlining role to headline WrestleMania, which is crazy to me a little bit. Her, her, Not crazy. Her, it doesn't surprise me. It's just, you know. Her dues are that fat paycheck she's getting. Right. <laughs> yep. Thinking back I, a couple of years back when I was actually still kind of a fan of WWE, the last match I remember watching at WrestleMania that I thought was truly main event worthy was Becky versus Charlotte versus Ronda. And yeah, that was interesting. The one thing about that match that still to this day I wish they could have done differently is kept it as a one-on-one match rather than making uh-huh. it a triple threat. But Charlotte couldn't. So, but Charlotte wouldn't let it go down. Exactly. So, you know, if we end up at Mania seeing Charlotte versus Ronda one-on-one, awesome. I'm actually I'm actually here for it because I would love to see Charlotte get shoot beat the crap out of. Oh yeah. And. The other option would be obviously have Becky take on Ronda Rousey, which that was the I think that was the match WWE was initially putting in the minds of the fans until Charlotte had to insert herself into that uh, feud. So, you know, one of those things where honestly I'd be great just seeing a one-on-one match in some form between those three, as long as they don't make it a triple threat again. Um, I don't think they're. I don't think they are. No, I don't think so. I don't either. No. Well, and I, I mean, for those of you, I know the four of us saw it, but those of you listening saw that WWE exclusive interview after the pay-per-view with uh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. I think she was trying to come across as like this non-caring heel. Don't give it. Yeah. But she came across as truly not caring. Like, that was yeah. one of the worst promos I've heard like recently. Yeah. Like it was just mumble sleepwalking through it. Not badass. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what was going not, on there. It's not a good look, dude. I think she's trying to be this heel. I think that's what it was. Yeah, but it's not going to work because she's a heel. Charlotte's a heel. People aren't don't even their fans know enough that they don't like Charlotte. So it's going to be a cluster. It's they're going to that they always switch if things aren't working. But it's not going to work with what they want to do. They're going to have to switch it up somehow. Yeah, because both got. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and I mean, I'm going to beat a dead horse one last time here, but it's just my biggest problem with Charlotte is I don't deny her God given or, you know, Ric Flair given talent. Like she is truly a really good in-ring wrestler, but my problem with her and, and, and the, the, the force women is just how they did so much so fast when they brought them up to the main roster that they've just for years now left nothing. There's nothing left for her. It's like, yeah. okay, she's, she in like what, six, seven years, eight years has won the title like a dozen or however many times. Yeah. So the title doesn't really mean anything anymore. She's beaten everybody. There's really nobody. I mean, in that regard, I guess her and Rhonda, there's like a marquee, like like shoot like real fighter versus her but it's just i think that's why fans boo her like it's just the charlotte character is so played out because they just had to cram everything in her first couple years and left nothing for the future yeah it's like look at nxt look at nxt sasha and bailey to me i still say one of the greatest stories WWE certainly has produced in the last decade. It was patient. It took forever. And then when they finally pulled the trigger and Bailey beat Sasha, it was like, holy shit, what a moment. Like it was great. And then they move them all to the roster and they're like hot gunning, hot shotting the title back and forth, like in the first year. And it's like, what you, there's no patience. And then this is what happens years later. Charlotte's played out when she shouldn't be. Yeah, it's pretty much basically a big, like, a a very sheer evident telltale sign that WWE does not give a shit about the product that they're serving us. Um, And then also, we can transfer that to the Men's Royal Rumble. Uh, Lots of times you see in the Men's Royal Rumble a lot of surprises. You get some indie talent coming in um, that we haven't seen before that the fans can get really excited about. Not so much this year. Pretty much the biggest pops got from people that aren't even in the company. People that have a lot of social media following. Somebody that has a movie coming out. Um, 
this is what they're doing right now. Pretty much, again, like a trend that was with the women's rumble. Who got over? Who got over in this men's rumble? I mean, fuck. Bad Bunny comes out, gets the biggest pop of the night, does some cool spots, but then Knoxville yeah. comes out, gets a huge pop. After that, the crowd was pretty much, um, I don't know. I mean, Dead. obviously they're going to count down and want to get excited, but they just pretty much brought out mid to low card guys throughout the whole night until the end. So, I mean, there's not like a ton to cover in this rumble as far as surprises go. Well, big surprise. AJ, Sorry, Sty- AJ Styles, they kind of gave some shine. Not that he needs it. And then Madcap Moss eliminates it. It's like, what is that? Yeah. It was like, it was all B. It was all lower B players in that fucking rumble. Yeah. As, as a guy, I was listening to that guy at JD from New York was saying, none of, mm-hmm. none of those guys in that ring at any time did you think was going to win it all. None of mm-hmm. them. Well, and Omas, who, Omas, Omas was like the most dominant guy, but, you know, that's just classic rumble they bring in a big guy and the big guy takes out a lot of little guys but he doesn't win it because i mean it's just recycled storyline of all time yeah oh is this the charlie's corner oh my god well it's not hold on it's more it's more go ahead it's more breaking news okay let's go let's go matt matt go ahead it happen all right it's been a long time apologies to our listeners i have to interrupt everything for just a second it's been such a long time as boston once said but in true keep the kayfabe fashion, it is now time for Charlie's Corner. Charlie, what's going on? Oh my god, this is a little late. Spot it says it was posted an hour ago. We we might have missed it, Mike, because we've been we got into Raw late. But there was an elimination chamber match for one of the spots in the chamber. One of the guys who just resigned, hopefully he's getting his two to three million, did the job. Kevin Owens did the job to Austin Theory in the elimination match. So he's yep. not in. Are you fucking kidding me? God <laughs> damn. That's horrible. horrible. I saw the match too. I actually I had the hope. match on. God, I and... hope he's getting paid big for that. He better oh, be. Oh my fucking yeah. God. That's ridiculous. Hey, when I ran into him, when I ran into uh, Kevin Owens in the Pittsburgh uh, airport <laughs> over Christmas, I saw him go in and buy, you know, plenty of stuff in the shop, uh, refreshments and chips, and you know those airport prices are pretty oh, yeah. Yeah. He whipped out the car, and he looked pretty calm. So uh, he, didn't he, like he, cared. he didn't like he cared at all, huh? Like, oh, he, he, went, he, got he, went, he went for the oh. Fiji water instead of the Aquafina. Oh, yeah. Exactly. He didn't bring oh, his own smart bottle water, of ice even. like I do. <laughs> oh, yeah. $12 bag of Werther's. Oh, my God. I can't yeah. fucking believe that, dude. From ROH to the world's oh. richest jobber. And with that, this has been Charlie's Corner. Oh, it's been god, too long. He's getting paid. Oh my god. Yeah, man. Wow. Shit's crazy. Wow. But anyway, yeah, the Men's Royal Rumble. Uh, Pretty much the other big story was classic Kofi Kingston comes out. He's going to have something big <laughs> for us on a way to avoid getting eliminated. He comes up with clever ideas to not let his feet hit the ground. Um, you know, which is just, you know, it's like, what are we going to see him do? You have to innovate. This was kind of a spot that's been done before. Many times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he, Kofi Kingston gets launched (laughs) off of the ropes and he tries to hang on to the barricade, but his feet clearly hit the mat. It's not even debatable. Like Mm -hmm. they had to say, we had to go to the replay, but I mean, everybody saw it. Um, and pretty much they had to eliminate him because of how clear it was. <laughs> but And it yep. really kind of fucked up the rest of the Royal Rumbles because apparently they had some big spots planned for him, Big E. But, you know, pro- Big E probably wasn't just the only thing that Kofi had going because he's one of the, you know, veterans and bigger stars that was in it. So, I mean, this thing was just, you know, off the rails from the get-go, and that just kind of piled on. My that was heart, kind of funny. Yeah, my heart sank when that happened. I was just like, oh, the moment I saw his feet hit the ground, and there's that moment of hesitation, I remember thinking to myself, like, they have to say he's out. I mean, if they yeah. don't, then it's just the ultimate insult to everyone's intelligence. And you could even see the referees, like, freeze up for a second. Like, uh, what yeah. do we do? And 
they yeah. go to the replay they come back obviously his feet hit the floor and it's one of those things Kofi's talked about it in past interviews where he you know he says it's one of the highest risks things he does because if he makes a mistake then the whole spot is botched and that leads to a whole sequence of things that can't be done and unfortunately we saw it actually happen this year in the rumble so real shame i was really looking forward to seeing kofi do some crazy stuff because it's one of the highlights of the rumble every year but yeah well i'm I'm glad it failed (laughs) i'm glad it did they they deserve (laughs) it it's trash keep doing it was a it was a dumb spot there's no way he's gonna get knocked out of there and not touch you know he flew a little too close to the sun oh yeah Yeah. i mean when he came off the top turnbuckle towards the outside i just remember thinking where is he gonna land because just the altitude and like the way he was coming at the barricade it, it was doomed from the start I, I thought he broke his ribs. I I thought I thought he like he smashed into that barricade and his feet yep. clearly planted on the mat. I was like, bro, his ribs are broke and he fucked up the rumble. Wow. Yep. Injury. You know, I, I think we've all had those moments year after like any battle royal where like somebody will do that where they like flip over and then they're like just barely holding onto the ropes. Are they gonna fall? And I've always wondered so in every battle royal, God, what would happen if they mm-hmm. screwed up? And then we finally yeah. saw it. And I guess it's a credit to Kofi's athleticism that it took this long for him to finally F up. But man, like you, there was going to be a day it happened and there it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish it would, like you were saying, Steve, like how these wrestlers hang on. You know, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often because those ropes get sweaty. I mean, the announcers yeah. bring it up all the time. When those ropes get wet, you slip, you know, when people, you know, slip off the top rope when they're trying to do a move or something like that. I mean, there's... There's people wrestling in there for over an hour, sweating. <laughs> I wish it came down to the last wrestler, like Brock Lesnar, and he's in there with some guy like Matt Riddle, who apparently was supposed to win the Royal yeah. Rumble as they Get were over. you know, going back and forth about it with the weeks leading up. If it was like awesome. down the Riddle and Brock and they just botched it like that, and it would have just been great poetic justice in WWE. Like, wow. Actually, the Rumble would go to somebody that the crowd didn't expect, actually cared about, would actually make a pretty... They would be forced to make a really cool main event at WrestleMania, which is what, what this whole thing's all about. What would, Yeah, what would I... I that's another whole level. It's like everybody knows that Kofi was never going to win the damn thing. But um, mm-hmm. imagine if, like, somehow, I don't know how it could happen, Brock Lesnar, like fell over the top rope or something or the person that was clearly meant to win gets unquestionably eliminated exactly. like what they would do what what wwe would do is probably just like on run raw do some do-over or something and have him back mm-hmm. to number one contention but uh yeah that'd be interesting if like the person slated to win accidentally got eliminated crazy well yeah brock lesnar comes in at number 30 classic Shocker. Crowd goes crazy. For what? I don't know. But um he comes I'm starting to sound like Cornette right now. <laughs> but um he's um I mean he basically clears house and I can't even remember who the last guy was eliminated. It doesn't even matter. Was it but, Drew? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, McIntyre. Was Drew. Yeah, it was. That's why. Okay, so that was actually cool. I was like, wow, maybe they're actually gonna have Drew eliminate Brock. <laughs> Shit. Uh, no, not, I'm just not no more in front of actual people, and then he gets to headline WrestleMania in front of people because, as you know, uh, Drew McIntyre did not get the um, the moment, the luxury of winning. Yeah, his moment and the privilege to win his title in front of people. I was like, wow, they're actually throwing homeboy a bone. Nope. <laughs> same old shit. Dude, same, old, same old shit. shit. Yep. Crazy. So yeah, and it's not yeah, it's like um, no no explanation given as to why Brock just entered the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Like I know there was lots of banter about that on like online today about like who was the thirtieth person before he entered himself. It's like they don't even like in the past. I feel like they would have attempted to explain that like somebody would have been sitting out back and then they got laid out by Brock Lesnar. Like remember when Becky did that, she like laid out somebody and then like stole their spot and fit Finley gave it to her. Like uh, they didn't even try to do that. 
what if Xavier Woods was supposed to come out at some other number after Kofi and contribute to, <laughs> to his uh, like more spots? And they're like, well, that Xavier Woods spot is not going to work if Kofi's not there. Brock, suit up, lace up your boots. You got to get out there and headline mania for us. I could see that happening. You I know, mean, Kofi could have changed the whole tide of this whole goddamn thing. There were some prominent names not in the Rumble. Like, uh, I just, I heard late in the afternoon, I didn't realize it, but like Cesaro, Finn Balor, not in the yeah. Rumble. Well, like, how Finn do those guys vacation. not get in? Were they? Yeah, I think Finn was. I don't know what about Cesaro, but there was a lot of guys. I don't yeah. remember seeing How is he Finn? not in? How or have Cesaro get Rumble? laid out by Lesnar or something? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, Lesnar. Guy, I put, I saw it. I don't even know who this guy in the suspenders was that looks like a male stripper. My wife was actually saying, like, that guy looks like he should be on Magic Mike. That's Madcap Moss. Yeah. Oh, okay. Be, used to be Riddick Moss. I don't know why they changed his name. Because it's Madcap. Uh, Madcap. Cap. C-A-P. Yep. Because okay. he's, you know why? You want to know why, Matt? Because there's a 70-year-old man that makes all the decisions in that company. Mm. And he has no idea what is hot, trendy, interesting, or cool. It's fascinating. You learn something new every day. <laughs> That's exactly we, why, dude. <laughs> well, Karrion Cross isn't here to wear suspenders. Put him on Madcap. That just, that outfit, I remember seeing, I was like, that outfit is so fucking stupid. What grown man would wear that? You know? Right. I remember seeing it, I'm just like, That's just so stupid and childish. So some guy that's willing to take a paycheck up the ass. That's who. Yeah. I get, anyway. I mean, yeah. I guess everybody's got to eat and get bills to pay, man. But God damn, dude. Yeah. yeah have some so many other, with so many other companies, dude, I'd, I, I just, I'd have to trust my skills and be saying, I'd have to be like that. Uh, what's that? Tony storm. Be like, fuck this dude. I'm out. Right. I'm a fucking, I'm not an employee. I'm a fucking contracted athlete. So I can leave at any fucking minute. Fuck you. Fuck you and your dumb shit. I swear, dude. I swear. I love it. Yeah. Well, that basically sums up uh, Royal Rumble uh, 2022 <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> well, thanks you for playing, kinda, fans. <laughs> yeah, Charlie kind of said it all right at the end there. Perfect conclusion. Um, you know, if you're if you're if you're uh, a WWE fan and you're still listening to this podcast, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Why? <laughs> <laughs> fuck that! Fuck that shit! <laughs> yeah, please write to us at keepthekfave414 at gmail.com or send us a note at keepthekfave Facebook. Or Instagram, let us know your thoughts and how full of shit we all are. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> we'll even read it on the air. Anyway, let's move on to bigger and better things. We saw a really great wrestling show this past Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. It takes place in Cleveland, Ohio. AEW Beach Break. Fucking great match leads off the show between Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes in a ladder match. Similar to what we saw with Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon for the Undisputed intercontinental champion this was for the tnt tv champion and this match kind of had it all i mean it had a great build-up you got two athletes that a lot of people don't like a lot of people like i mean it's it's you know they're kind of split there's some it's they're kind of like people who like cody are kind of like the wwe fans they're always gonna love them for their own reasons then there's people like us that hate them now we're back on kind of liking cody now we're hating Sammy when we used to love him. I don't know. It's a whole lot of shit. So regardless of all that, we just had to watch the match for what it was. And boy, did they put on some amazing spots. Yeah. Uh, my favorite had to have been uh, when Cody was reaching up for the belts. There was a ladder in the corner. Sammy Guevara is at the corner. He does like this leapfrog over the top of it and puts Cody Rhodes in this amazing cutter they fall from that was the, right. yeah, that, was the mat. that was a move to me too yeah yeah 12 feet cody bounces face first on the mat and then has the instinct to roll on his back sells it like a fucking champ probably yep. crushed his balls um but wow I, I that was one of my favorite spots but also the other one speaking of crushing balls when um cody rhodes actually threw sammy guevara into an ups, upside down ladder collapsing the ladder yeah and, that like, would suck oh. i would be yeah. like oh my god did he just pinch his yep. you know what no Shit. i just yeah that made me cringe 
Yeah. But um, Sammy Guevara ends up winning this match. But uh, the match was great. I think it went on for about yeah. 20 minutes. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if Cody won it because he wins a lot. And, I mean, we talked about it last week about Sammy. We have our little gripes with him. But, I mean, you got to give it up to him. That fucking kid can go. And, man, he executes, too, in big moments. In his shit big is matches. so smooth, dude. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make a mistake. He definitely earned that title. So I'll turn it over to you guys. I'm done talking. What do yeah, you think? I, I mean, I guess I'll kick it off. Um yeah, I don't know. That was a great recap. You pretty much said it all. I did hear that Dave Meltzer gave that match five stars, which I mm. don't blame him, honestly. No, like the whole I thing don't Dude, it was really fantastic. good. There were some all-time yep. moments as far as ladder spots in that match, too. Things we haven't even seen yet. Um, There was another spot, Mike, that I don't know if you mentioned it, but Cody was laying on a ladder on the outside. Yeah. And Sammy Guevara did a senton. Oh, yeah. Another ladder. Yeah. And the ladder, you were expecting it to break, but it didn't. He just sort of no. tumbled off of Cody. That had, had to have been one of so the most bad. painful spots, yeah. Dude, um, that dude I'm glad you mentioned crazy. that. Yeah, and, and Charlie, like you said, Sammy Guevara, he's so smooth. Like, everything yep. he does is just really dialed in now. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. I, so watching this match, I, I loved the match. I mean, obviously, there's some great spots in it. The, I honestly kind of wish Cody had won in hindsight, and I don't. I can't exactly tell you why. I, I think the best I can do to explain it is to me at least Cody comes off as just more of a, a champion just in every way, like his character, the way he carries himself, Uh, even during this match, Sammy Guevara just feels like almost like a jobber in a way. And and it's one of those intangible things. I think that Sammy Guevara is great in the ring, super smooth, um, definitely performs like a champion, but you know, I, if it's his promos maybe, or just like his character in general, I, I feel like something's still missing and I don't know that he's ever going to get it. It's just that X factor that seems to be missing. Now, granted, that's just my opinion. I know a lot of people out there love Sammy Guevara, but he, I'm deep down kind of waiting to see the end of his TNT title reign and who they bring ah, Kind of same here. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in that same boat just to see who's next, you know? Yeah. But I'm, I'm, Sammy's just that dude. It, you know, I rewatched that last night actually because I was I caught part of it at the gym, but it was on my phone, so I didn't really see it all. But that match was incredible. That dude has no. I'm I'm I have a fear of heights, and him getting on that little ladder and standing there, I'm just like, yeah. holy shit, dude! And hit that like you said. And hit, he found I he found the I camera lo- too. He looked into yeah. the camera. Yeah, fearless, dude. With with I, all the I people, the... all the wrestling that he did, he found the hard cam. With he found yep. the red light, as they say in wrestling. Like yep. if you can do that, that's big. He did it on top yep. of a fifteen foot letter. That's nuts, dude. It was fucking nuts. And the more you say about it now, that Swanton was in fucking sin. I I love the cutter move because it was just timed so perfect. You know, it was. he came because he just jumped. He he fucking hopped on one of the ladder pegs, hopped on top, then hopped into the cutter. It was yeah. fucking insane, dude. But that swanton, just the height and the feet of it, and standing on top of that little fucking ladder and not falling, dude, It's that was fucking incredible, dude. As I went back and watched it last night, I was like, that's fucking nuts, dude. This guy's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, that cutter might actually do it for me uh, with Edge spearing Jeff Hardy dangling from... Yeah. It was on that level, bro. It was on that level. I don't know if it overtakes it, but it's, you know, a very, very close second. Steve, did you have any closing remarks about this? Yeah, no, I mean, you guys said it great. But, I mean, to to me, this is one of the, I would say, one of the best ladder matches I've seen. Because it didn't need to do too much for the, you know, it didn't, it had its moments, but not so many of them that it just felt like it was gratuitous. It was like, we're talking about those moments that stood out because, they stood out. There wasn't like 20 of those moments. And then, and the, well, and, and the thing I liked about it too is they didn't do that classic, oh, I'm crawling slowly. Right. They up didn't. The You're right. They, they never did that, dude. I was like, thank you and thank God for not doing that. Yeah. Dude. Well, yeah. and in a nice little um, curveball, uh, Fuego came out and yeah. uh, ran a little bit of interference and stuff i kind of like it remember back in the day when wrestlers always used to come out and interrupt matches it was during the attitude era and wcw nwo matches i found it kind of annoying now they really don't do it that much anymore but i kind of liked it at at, at this point it was like 
this guy's pretty minimal. He's not going to have a big impact, but at least they're like, eh, let's shake it up a little bit. Let's throw yeah. a little, an extra ice cube in the mar- in the martini shaker right here. <laughs> and uh, they served up a pretty great cocktail with this one, I got to say. And yep. the show just kept moving along. Um, we saw CM Punk come out and uh, MJF squared off again on the mics. And we might actually see them wrestle this coming Wednesday, tomorrow night, boys. Do you think that's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, the way last week unfolded, I, it's hard to say. I mean, honestly, I, so as usual, last week on Dynamite, MJF, CM Punk had a great exchange in, in their promo. Um, I, I feel like CM, or excuse me, MJF has sort of copy-pasted the labors of Jericho for CM Punk to some degree. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not calling it that. There's not five of them, um, which thank God there isn't. And I almost expected there to be five of them until he lingered on who he was thinking about doing. And it was funny because then he said MJF and the crowd didn't even pop for it um, because I feel like nobody believes him that that's actually going to be the case. Yeah. So honestly, it's really hard to say knowing it's MJF. I would not be surprised if, somebody else turned up in his place that had the same initials as yeah him. that's yep that's what um, me and my buddy were talking about today but if, you know with all the AEW is not wwe i'll say that um i i don't expect them to promise one match and then swerve us and deliver something else especially in chicago which is one of their biggest markets right now so right yeah honestly i don't know i'm i'm going 80% says, yes, we're going to see MJF versus CM Punk. 20% says there's going to be shenanigans, but I, I have to believe it's going to happen. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Um, MJF so despicable that, yeah, it could be some complete swerve with somebody else named MJF. I mean, I've been trying to think of other wrestlers that could even plausibly have those initials, but I could see him doing that. But yet, yeah, it does. It's just they got to tread that line of not being wwe that promises shit and doesn't deliver um i do think we're gonna if we do get the match it's not it's not gonna be a instant classic like it's purposely gonna be you know abrupt and like uh interference or whatever like it's not going to be the marquee matchup because they're gonna save that for either the pay-per-view or down the road but there'll be shenanigans galore if they do it and um yeah, I'm not even going to attempt to predict a Wardlow turn because I'm done looking like a fool every week. <laughs> right. I think we'll be more surprised if we don't say anything at this point. Right. It's like the Julia Hart. I'm tired of predicting her turn because exactly. I'm wrong exactly. every week. She's, she's turning. Oh, oh Yes, shit. but slowly. <laughs> they do a slow... They, 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 they definitely do slow burns and... I'm okay with your, it. You, you got to calm your jets, you know? Yeah, you do. And it's good because it's like, I don't know. It's like wrestling fans are never happy because they want instant gratification, but then they bitch when it's like, you know, so it's like you, if you do it too soon, you're going to, it's, it's too soon. If you drag it out a little too long, people are going to get antsy, but EW mm-hmm. by and large, just like, look at the hangman page thing. They dragged that out pretty damn long. And then they actually pulled the trigger on it. And I think, Wardlow will get his moment, but I think they're just like, eh, why rush it? Mm-hmm. Well, and also they they keep they 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 do keep giving us new stuff week after week after week. I don't think they want to pile on too much because, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Dan Housen came out during the great Adam Cole Orange Cassidy Lights Out match uh, that totally happened as a finale. Too. Yeah. Right. We all thought uh, Johnny Gargano was going to make an appearance. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. His contract. We were texting back, yep. oh, he's coming out. It's in Cleveland. Yep. Oh, he's got so it. He's got to come. Everybody, yeah, right. everybody was so, on that. And I actually thought it was him at first wearing a mask. And I was like, well, he kind of looks like Johnny Gargano. Maybe they're trying to give us a double swerve by giving us Dan Housen. And then Johnny Gargano comes out wearing a mask and he takes it off. And everybody thinks it's Dan Housen when he takes it off. It's Johnny Gargano. You know, that's, we just that's too that's too complicated. We're getting a little, yeah, we're getting a little too Yosemite Sam on this show with our predictions, uh, you know, firing off shit like um, a little too much. So we got to keep it a little more closer to the test. Sorry, all our listeners out there, especially in Belgium, uh, Scotland, and now we got a new one in Russia. Somebody in Moscow is really loving us. So shout out to all of our overseas listeners and everybody here in the states. That's no joke, Charlie. 
We are expanding wildly. <laughs> I believe it. Some guy in Russia is loving us. Be nice to <laughs> the, the Ukraine. Said it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, anyway, is there anything we more want to cover before we go to promo of the week, boys? Um, I, I, I can hardly wait for promo of the week, so I think we should get to it. <laughs> well, you've been dying. That's a good Mark. thing. I me- I mentioned Russia. Because our promo of the week is a great one of Nikolai Volkov. And this nice. one is sent, is yes. sent to us from uh, Big Derek from West Dallas. So a local listeners, how are you, Big Derek? Uh, Might have bumped into you at the Drunk Uncle, one of our uh, favorite bars. And um, he says, I'll be traveling to Detroit this week and plan to listen to Keep the Kayfabe's next episode on the plane ride. I'll spread the word about your excellent show to my Detroit brothers and sisters. Yes. Well, word up, Big Derek. We appreciate that. Spreading the gospel of Keep the Kayfabe. Thanks so much for submitting your promo of the week. And if you want to submit a promo of the week and have it uh, played on our next show, submit it to Keep the Kayfabe on Instagram and Facebook or Keep the Kayfabe 414 at gmail.com. So without further ado, this is an oldie but a goodie. It comes from um, October 6th. 1984. Nikolai Volkov. It's in my wheelhouse and I was loving it. (laughs) Oh yeah, baby. Let's send it over to Nikolai. Here we go. Stay tuned. More exciting World Wrestling Federation action coming up in just a moment or two. For the fans in the greater New York City area, the Meadowlands Arena over at East Rutherford, New Jersey on Sunday night, October the 14th. Oh, what a card that includes, get this, tag team action with Sergeant Slaughter and Andre the Giant on one side, on the other. The tandem of the Iron Sheik and my guest at this time is from the Soviet Union. You know him well, 313 pounder, is none other than Boris Volkov. Uh, Nikolai, Nikolai, I'm sorry. That's right. Sergeant Slaughter, he couldn't find nobody to hook his time, so he finally, Andre the Giant, come fight against me and the Sheik. First thing I will do, I will slam. Under the giant, and she go personally destroy Sergeant Slaughter. And then once we be ready for war, the Sergeant Slaughter and Under the Giant they be out from the wrestling board. Now wait a minute, Sergeant Slaughter, as you know, Nikolai is an established star of the World Wrestling Federation. The man carries great credentials, and Andre the Giant is an absolute phenomenon, an extraordinary man at seven foot four and a half and four hundred and seventy-seven pounds. You and the Iron Sheik, granted, you're good, but. You're certainly going to have your hands full with these two men, really. Let's be, let's assess it realistically. That's right. If you say I weigh 313 pounds and I believe everything, what is over 313 pounds is pure fat, pure waste. Andre John is nothing but mother freak. He's a freak of mother nature. Oh, he should be in a circus, not Police. a wrestling business. Police. He have no coordination. He have no reflex. He have no speed. And he cannot stay there to fight me and Sheik. We come there. We go Meadowlands Arena on the 14th. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back after this. Classic stuff right there. You got good taste, Big Derek. Hopefully you're loving it over in the Big D of the North. Thanks so much. I did. I was was a fan of Nikolai back in the day. That's your promo, huh? Yeah, that's a good one. Good choice. Well, you know our listener in Moscow was loving it. That's for sure. So whoever you are, please uh, write us a note. Let us know that you love the show. And, um, you know, another big piece of news that we didn't get uh, um, get to today was Ric Flair. He actually got divorced <laughs> from his wife, Wendy. I didn't see that Shocker. coming. Another yeah. shocking event. Breaking news. And if I have any advice for Rick, I know you're listening. Oh, boy. It's it's three things, and honestly, it's gonna help you. It's stay humble, stay hungry, and try to stay hard. Triple H, and stay off social media because you don't know what you're doing. And you're probably gonna need blue chew for that third one. Yep, exactly. Good luck, Rick. Woo. Back in the U.S. Back in the U.S. is all. 